You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. I'm Phil Milani alongside Eric Dalala. Back with another great episode of Broncos Country Throwback. Today, joining Jim Sakamano is the great Billy Thompson. Yes, so Ring of Famer Billy Thompson played 13 years in Denver, where he racked up an all-pro team and three Pro Bowl appearances. And of course, Phil, he's stuck around with the Broncos, a longtime employee with the community department, so just really ingrained in the history of the Denver Broncos. And with that, let's get to Jim Sakamano's conversation with Billy Thompson. This is Jim Sakamano, and this week we're thrilled to have Billy Thompson, longtime team captain, Ring of Fame member, uh, doing our Broncos Country Throwback podcast. That's kind of a mouthful, BT, but I got through it. <laughs> captain, um, there's only one number 36 forever, and uh, as I as I mentioned to you many times, back in the day, uh, you were my wife's favorite player. Um when you came to Denver, what were your thoughts on getting drafted by Denver? Because Lou Saban's the head coach. Team has not been a winning team. You know, you're not drafted to uh, uh, an organization that's had great success at that time. Well, you know, when I when I got drafted, I didn't know where Denver was. <laughs> Quite frankly, I was I was at a, I was I was at a fraternity party, and I got back to the dorm, and they said, uh, "Where have you been?" I go. I was out. I was at a, at a, at a fraternity party. They said, "Well, look, uh, you got a call from Denver." They said they don't care what time you get in; they want you to call. I said, "Well, okay, I'll call. It's late, you know." They said, "Call," and I called, and uh, it was uh, Coach Saban, and he said, uh, "Billy is is the Broncos your favorite team?" And I go, "No," he said. <laughs> He goes, well, what about now? We just drafted you. I said, hey, coach, you got me. You know, I said, um, uh, I'm excited. I-, I can't wait to get to Denver. And he says, great. I-, I love, I love to hear that. He says, I know you're in, I know you're playing baseball. He said, but as soon as the season's over, he said, I want, I want to fly you out to meet everybody. And I tell you what, he did that. And the first guy I met was Floyd Little. Uh, and that was over. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at, at at the old headquarters, um, and Floyd met me, and um, and we've been friends ever since. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that you can put any stock in this, but I've always thought there's something to it. Some guys have a look about them. They just look like there's someone special. I'm not saying this is a matter of ego, but some guys have got it, and you were like that, BT. You know, a whole bunch of guys could walk in and somebody might say, who's that guy right over there? That guy is different from the others. And you had that quality. Well, you know, I appreciate that, Jim. But uh, it, it's just it, it's something that it, it was a gift to me. I, you know, I I didn't even know if I could play, you know, how far I could go, even in college. Um, but I played with a lot of uh, great guys in college. Art Shell, Emerson Boozer. Marshall Cropper, most most of those guys went on to play, and uh, I just kind of like kind of imitated them and and talked to them a lot, and they told me you know the most important thing is to be yourself, and uh, and and work hard at it, 
and that's what I did. And I think um, the man upstairs was was looking out for me. Yeah, if you work real hard and you're good to people, the man upstairs can be pretty good to us back. Uh, BT, people know you as a great defensive back, of course. Hardly anybody realizes you played running back very briefly in college. <laughs> that, that's, that's a true story. Um, uh, Emerson Boozer got hurt. Uh, everybody was hurt on, uh, as far as the running back, backs were concerned. And coach said, "Look, guys, uh, we need somebody uh, for at least a, for at least a, a couple of games uh, to, to play running back." So I raised my hand. He goes, "Come on, Thompson, put your hand down." <laughs> I go, "No." I said, "I got he coach for you know a couple of games. I can handle it." He goes, "Bull." I said, "Okay." Well, he said, "Well, I tell you what, show me a practice." I, I played two games. Uh, I think I gained 200 yards uh, in the 200 game uh, in the two games, and uh, I never played running back uh, again. But uh, it, it was uh, it was just you know for the team. I, I was yeah. I was there. I was available, and and I I, I played in, in in high school. I played quarterback, um, and also so I knew a little bit about the offense and 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 that, and so. When it was a chance for me, you know, it's not something that I wanted to do, but it's something that I had to do. And so, and I did, <laughs> and I was pretty successful, but I never played. That was the last game I played uh, offense in college. Now, Billy, when you did that, did you also play defensive back in those same games then? Yes. Yes. Now, did you also hey. return kicks? Yes. <laughs> so just yes. to be honest, and not to be modest, but just to be honest, you were on the field for just about every play of those two games. Yes. Yes. Tremendous. And I was glad when it was over. <laughs> <laughs> now, I also know, though, Billy, you were a terrific center fielder. Who drafted you in baseball? Well, you know, I, I had uh, several teams that, you know, um, um, uh, the Yankees, uh, uh, Baltimore, um, but they were like they were talking about you know the farm team. Baseball was much different back then, um, uh, but I loved it. Uh, I, I loved playing baseball. I played center field, and um, uh, when I was drafted, I was just uh, I was I was just happy. But it was like it wasn't a big deal. It was like. Um, I was going to go to a farm farm team somewhere. Right, maybe four years in the minors or something. Exactly, exactly. And so I said, you know, uh, you know, I want to, I want to go, I want to play the big time now. So Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. I I decided to go with the Denver Broncos, uh, and I think I made the right decision. No question about that. The Broncos are happy to have you. When you were a rookie. You became, and I'm not sure if this is still the case or if some youngster has beaten this record, but you had, at one point for the longest time, I mean like for four decades, were the only player to lead your league in both kickoff returns and punt returns in the same season. You did that as a rookie, and I always thought that Lou frankly took you off of that duty because he thought you were too valuable as a defense back, if I'm, if I'm, not cor- if I'm correct. Well, you you are correct. And what happened? Uh, Floyd Floyd was doing it, and uh, when I came in, um, 
coach said, Billy, we want to, we want to try you uh punt return and kickoff returns. And he said, you know, uh, and we'll just see where it goes. And I said, well, no problem, coach, anything to help the team. And I was excited. I, w- I was really excited because uh, it was Floyd and I back there. Uh, and uh, it was, it was that, it was that old, Oh, added that he said, you know, look, I'm the older guy, so you you take my advice. And I said, okay. And uh, he, uh, he taught me a lot, man. Floyd and I are very, very close friends. Uh, he was really, really instrumental for me um, uh, being successful in the league and being comfortable. He kind of took me under his wing and um, uh, and taught me how to do it. And, and I was very fortunate uh, uh, to be uh, – uh, make you know not 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 do not doing any uh, injustice. I, I I really really thought that uh, when you're on the special teams, you you, get, you can't fumble it. You got to do something to make it happen for the team. Uh, so every time I was back there, I was always trying to make sure that I that I did something positive uh, every time uh, because I knew how important it was uh, for the team. And so yeah. It was exciting for me, um, you know, to get the ball in my hand and try to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were here in Denver, uh, and also Floyd, of course, but you were part of that moment of time when the Broncos turned the corner from a team that was losing every year to a team that was basically winning every year. And I think of that one game, I think of a Monday night game in Denver, gets me goosebumps right now, the first Monday night game in Denver history. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Raiders passed to Mike Ciani, and we get a touchdown on the play, but Mike Ciani didn't score. <laughs> Are you with me? That, yep, yep. I, that was you, BT. Yeah, that was a game um, that I really, really uh, was excited about. Um, you know, uh, our chill – uh, was playing for the Raiders at the time. And he and I went to college together. Uh, tremendous athlete. He played left tackle. And um, when I was in, in, in college, I played at running back uh, and I ran behind him. And then I'm going to tell you, it was always a hole uh, when you ran by uh, behind our shell. And so he told me, just a quick story, just to, he told me. No, please. He, he told me. Uh, he told Al Davis, um, "Look, you need to you need to draft Billy Thompson." He said, "He's my uh, he's my friend. He's my homeboy." He said, uh, "Because I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, and I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, and so uh, we knew each other." Uh, he was a little older than me, but I knew about him. And uh, uh, tremendous tremendous athlete i never seen anybody that big to move uh like he moved but anyway he um he told me he said um uh i'm going to uh uh you're going to be running behind boozer 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 emerson boozer was injured for the jets and um uh he said you're going to take boozer's place i mean and i ran and i think i gained a hundred and some yards that game and scored once and um I didn't go back in again. I didn't, I didn't, they didn't need me anymore. Boozer came back and um, all was said and done. But I've been around some tremendous, tremendous athletes uh, to really help my career and help me. 
Mm-hmm. And and you've passed that along to so many guys that I've watched. Uh, BT, back when you went to Maryland State, which I think now is Maryland Eastern Shore, just like a, just like uh, University of Colorado, Denver, and so forth, was that a historically black university? Yes. Yes. It Boy, was. that's a, that's a, that's been a big change uh, in society that uh, you know that now so many of the schools the so-called really, really, really gigantic schools recruit everybody. And I'm glad they still play. I'm, and they do at a great level. But uh, guys like you, Art Shell, Otis Taylor, uh, you know, they're nowadays they're playing in Alabama, Florida, Florida State, and so forth. That's correct. That but – yeah, that's uh boy that's that's been one of the dramatic things we've we've watched. Um so now we have our first winning season in 73. That that was really something. You know, we start off it just shows anything can happen. We've always been losers. We start off that year 1-3 and 1. It's a 14 game schedule. We're 1-3 and 1. Nobody in the world thinks the Broncos are going to have a winning team, but you did. Yeah, we did. And uh I'll tell you for me it was my. I think my uh, my sixth year in the league. Um, as a matter of fact, Jim, I had never heard about the Broncos. I thought Archell had gone, had got drafted by the Raiders, and uh, a few other guys that got drafted all all across the league, uh, the Jets, and and he told me, he told Al Davis, whatever you do, you need to get Billy Thompson. He said, mm-hmm. Al said I tried. Al said I tried everything. And the Broncos would not let him go. They didn't want to negotiate. They didn't want to trade. They didn't want to do anything. And he said, <laughs> he said, Al said, he, that's the only mistake he, he, he ever made. I go, you got to be kidding me. He says, no. And every game that we would play, uh, the Raiders, um, I'd always go by and say something to Al. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd go by and I'd say something like, yeah, it's going to be a long day. And and he'd look at me and he'd laugh. But no, I I came close to being a Raider for sure. That's pretty cool. Now, you were a corner for us, and then Joe Collier made the decision to switch you to safety. Uh, How did that go, BT? Well, you know. Or why did he do it? Well, you know, that's what that's that was my question. Because I I thought I had played pretty good, decent. at, at corner and I really learned probably one of the most the greatest coaches I'd ever been around uh was Joe Collier. Not only did he teach you, uh he talked to you about things and um I was uh I was just blown away but when he called me in to, and I and I didn't know why, he said, uh, I need to talk to you and I said, Okay. He called me and he said, um, look, he said, we're gonna change you. I go, change me, why? He said, well, you're going to be more valuable to us. And I said, well, it changed me, you know, didn't I do a good job? He said, yeah, but you're going to be better. He said, and I'm going to help you. We watch film every, just about every day. He said, I'm going to make you strong safety. And I said, well, what does that mean? He says, well, you're going to force the run. He said, you're going to be the guy that's going to be always forcing the run. And I said, coach, I've never done that. He says, well, I, yeah, I know you, you, you'll, you'll be good at it. And he, man, I tell you what, I learned so much about football. Uh, I studied hard. Uh, uh, when, when the teams were coming in, we knew 
uh, from formation, what they liked, when they liked it, where they were on the field. And um, I was uh, I was the guy to stop the run. In other words, I'm coming up to force the run to force mm-hmm. back inside. And um, it taught it taught me the game. I, when you play corner, you're normally isolated from the uh, uh, the running game because you most of the time the receivers flank way out, and so by the time you get to them, it's it, a lot of things have already happened. But when you play safety, you're involved right now. I mean. Um, uh, and and the key to it was, he said, we got to stop the run. He said, if we stop the run and make a team predictable, uh, we'll, 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 we'll most of the times we'll win the game. We'll we'll dictate to them what uh, they want they they can do. And so, probably one of the the key figures in my career of all time is Joe Collier, one of the smartest great. guys yeah. I know. Tremendous, tremendous coach and uh, uh, tremendous person. And, of course, you guys were together, the Orange Crush defense, and we go to the Super Bowl in 1977. Now, you know, people don't realize, but that defense was so great. Seven or, excuse me, eight guys who started that defense at one point or another were pro Bowl players. That's astonishing, BT. Well, I know. I tell you what. That was that's one of the greatest and closest uh, teams I'd ever been on. We we didn't care what the score was. We didn't care where we were. We didn't think anybody could score on us, and that's that's the attitude. I mean, it was, and we still talk uh, now. Those guys. I mean, matter of fact, we have a day we we out of the year that we all try to get together and just talk to each other and just hang out. But that was a very close team and um, some great, great athletes. No matter if our back was against the wall, it didn't matter. Uh, we didn't think people could score on us. If we stick together and, 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 and play hard, um, we didn't think we could be beaten. Yeah, for about a three-year period, that was about as good a, a defense. It, it equaled the Purple People Eaters, the Steel Curtain, whatever you want to call them, just was an overwhelming defense. Oh, no question. I mean, these guys, these guys, the 11 guys that, that I played with, I'm talking about Bob Swenson, uh, mm-hmm. Steve Foley, Louis Wright. Um, it, it, they're like, they're like my kin. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like, yeah. Folks. Uh, that's, yeah, what, I... I mean, that's how close that team was. I mean, no matter what, you know, we thought we always had a chance, and and that's that's saying something, man. I it, it is the closest that you feel that it's kind of hard to explain, but you just have that feeling about it, and um, we uh, we we were pretty tough. Well, you know that's true, and I find too now in this era of free agency where guys seem to come and go, the guys that I'm closest to forever are the guys from the '70s, '80s, '90s before guys moved around as much. Uh, I got, here's a guy comes to the Broncos as an assistant coach, Mike Shanahan. Now he goes into the ring of fame. What did Mike Shanahan bring to the Denver Broncos? Because you've been around the team as player, scout, uh, administrator, really, really since forever, since 69, for heaven's sake. Um, what did Mike bring to the team? Mike brought to the team uh, a, a confidence. Um, 
uh, a, a, don't, a never give up attitude, um, accountability, um, so many things that are so important uh, to winning. Uh, you just don't win games uh, like that. You know, Mike Mike was uh, was brilliant. I mean, he wasn't an offensive uh, – he wasn't a defensive guy. Uh, he was offensive genius. But uh, we just admired him. Uh, being on the defense, we knew that if Mike was out there, uh, you have a chance. He was um, – I mean, really, uh, uh, I watched Mike and um, – Matter of fact, what was the greatest thing that I that I saw, and I wasn't in it, but he played back-to-back Super Bowls and won it, and uh, it was incredible. Um, he was uh, he was a genius. Um, he knew how to manipulate. He he, he he had been around a lot, and um, one of the greatest coaches in Broncos history, and um, that goes without saying. Yeah, that was. Uh... Very well received when he went to the ring, and um, and like you said, he hit a, a colossal record. Really knew how to say the right thing to get the maximum performance out of guys all the time. Yes, unbelievable coach, unbelievable. Now, BT, I would be remiss if we did not mention the incredible work that you have done in the Denver community, and particularly ongoing with the Darren Williams Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, um, that's one of my favorites, um, Boys and Girls Club. I grew up uh, visiting Boys and Girls Club when I was young um, and um, and know the effect that it had. It was like a home away from home for, for me, uh, being able to go there and feel, feel good and comfortable. Um, I was in the Boys and Girls Club in Chicago playing Little League Baseball, <laughs> and we won the mm. city championship. So, yeah, I know the influence uh, that the boys' clubs have, and uh, it's just something special. And it'll always be special in my heart uh, to give back uh, to that. Yeah, you've been great, BT. I think it's really neat. A lot of times organizations start something. They give some money to something or whatever and kind of – then they drift away. That's kind of the end of it for them. I think it's really cool that with the Broncos, they started this and they added on and added on and added on. And it's, it's become a really big, cool thing that the Broncos are associated with. Oh, it is. It's, it's really special. Um, uh, it, it's been there for a while now. And, um, and what they do is incredible uh, with the kids. Um, it's it's uh, it's something that, like I said, I've been a part of uh, just about all my uh, years of playing uh, growing up. I was probably about 12 or 13 when I went to the club in Chicago and uh, hmm. played Little League Baseball for them because it was in the summertime. I, I didn't play football there because I didn't go there. I was in, I was in high school. I didn't go there. Uh, it was just a summer thing uh, for me, but it was very special. And what they do for the community is unbelievable. Uh, and um, it's always been special in my heart. And uh, I always be, always will be involved some way uh, with the Boys and Girls Club. Very cool, BT. All the years, all the decades, all the memories. Can you pick out one moment that was especially 
poignant for you? Well, Jim, I, I tell you what, that whole year of 77, um, you know, I came in 69. So you can you can see from 69 to 77. Right. Um, uh, I experienced all of that. And I experienced Art Shell telling me, hang in there, homeboy, you'll be all right. After the game, he goes, he comes up and pats me on the shoulder and said, you know, your day is going to come. And so That's really 77, nice. And 77, and we beat the Raiders twice. We beat them. Uh, we beat them in Oakland, which which was hard to do back in the day. That's when they had Kenny Stabler and all those guys. Um, uh, after the game was over, I went over to him and I said, Art, my time has come. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's and right. He, and he laughed. And he laughed. But but that's 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 what I'm saying. I mean, they uh, the Raiders. And the Chiefs were dominant in the AFC West uh, during those times that uh, I was there. Um, and, yeah, so, and for us to and start in 70, like you said, um, in 70, uh, I think 73, 74 was our first uh, winning season. And, mm-hmm. um, and then never know, looked we started, back. We never looked back after that, man. I mean, we got better and better and better until, you know, like, you know, uh, people expected us to win, and uh, and right. I always loved to play in Denver because the fans were always there. I mean, even during all the times that we were we were horrible. I mean, uh, in '69, my rookie year, we were five eight and one my rookie year. You know, I, I had a pretty decent year. You know, I led the league that year uh, in punts and kickoffs, but we didn't go anywhere. So I didn't. I mean, I, I felt good. You know, but I didn't feel good because. You know, we didn't we didn't win, and then I tell you, in '77, man, it was just I had never I've never seen the city so excited. Uh, and we've gone to the Super Bowl a, a bunch since then, but that first time was the most incredible time for me uh, uh, to see how excited everybody was about it. Mm-hmm. Denver Broncos are going to the Super Bowl. And, yeah, uh, it was yeah. A, it was a spectacular, great moment, a, a great moment for the city, for the growth yes. of the city. Uh, it, it's a, it did amazing things. In fact, for the future of basketball, hockey, and baseball in the city. Without a doubt, well, there's no question about it. And we have, and I guarantee you this, we have the most loyal fans uh, in the league. Uh, I've because I've, I've witnessed it. I've been a part of it. You know. Uh, I've gone, I've walked out the field with my head down a lot, you know, early on. Mm-hmm. But the fans, were, the fans were always there. I mean, uh, as a matter of fact, you know, the Super Bowl was, 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 was a prime um, uh, day for that. The fans cheered yeah. us off as we were, we lost the game. I looked, I was sitting next to Tommy Jackson, my roommate, and I go, Tommy, um, do we win or lose? He looked at me, and I looked at him, and I looked back. He goes, do you hear that? And I said, yeah. Uh, he said, you know, we won. He said, and because of the fans, man, the fans were so excited, and they cheered us as we walked off the field, uh, and we lost the game. And I'm, I'll never forget that feeling uh, of, 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 of having uh, them there and, 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 and giving that applause to us, even in defeat as we walked off. We played our. We played our hearts out, but 
it, we didn't win, and um, and they still cheer. I think it's hard. It's really hard, and it's not their fault. But young people now who didn't witness that thing in '77, it's very difficult for them to believe or imagine what it was like. But it was uh, like really, I've never experienced anything like it either. And uh, it that was a bigger deal than any of our Super Bowls, except the three that we won, of course. But otherwise, that game stands by itself. That game well, against the Raiders. Well, it's it's no doubt in my in my mind. I, and and like um, the Raiders were dominant uh, with Kenny Stable and Archell mm-hmm. and Fred Blindikoff. They they were dominant. And they were until no that year, until that year, in the most recent years, the Broncos have been two eighteen and two against the Raiders. That was the Broncos' <laughs> record against the Raiders before that year. Two eighteen and two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you mean, literally—that's a hard thing to turn around. It's like lifting a boulder. Yes, yes. And I tell you, it was the most rewarding um, year for me. I mean, just to to to, to break that that barrier uh, mm-hmm. to let them know that we're here and we're not going away. And we're going to be better, and we beat you. I mean, we and we, and we never won in, in Oakland. I mean, I, it was like I go out because I looked it up. But we, how many times did we won in Oakland in Alameda Coliseum? I'm going like, oh yeah, wow. yeah. I'm going to give you two names, and you tell me what you think. One is Charlie Johnson, Charlie Johnson, and Lyle Alzado. Both, both tremendous, tremendous athletes and people. Uh, we got Charlie Johnson, and 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 he was he was at the end of his career. He was he was on the downside of his career, but mm-hmm. he bought so he bought so much more to us from the standpoint of of talking to us about football and uh, and 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 his experience. Uh, Al. Uh, Al Zeta was wild. He was. <laughs> we had to calm him down in the huddle because yeah. he said we can't we can't afford any penalties, man. We can't, you know. But he was he was very emotional. I loved the way he played. I loved him, and uh, he was like I said, he was he was very emotional when he played. Uh, he was into the game, and and we knew that we were going to get 120 percent from him every game he played, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, he was just a tremendous teammate. He and Charlie, um, both tremendous, tremendous players. Well, BT, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for going back and sharing some of your moments and memories with us. Um, you know, you're just an all-time, all-timer, and uh, I'm just honored to be able to share this time with you on the Broncos Country Throwback. Well, i tell you what, Jim. You were there. You shared it all with us. We love you, and uh, you did a tremendous job and uh, for us just being there and, and telling it like it was, and uh, you'll always be number one in my book. Oh, BT, that's great. I got to tell you, though, when it came to talking about guys like you, I never had to stretch the truth very much at all, BT. It was all real. Phil, that was Jim Sakamoto's conversation with Ring of Famer Billy Thompson. Just a really great defensive player, one of the best in Broncos history. And, uh, you know, I think it's pretty impressive, too, 
that he's stuck around with this organization, been involved for so many years. Uh, he's as good a guy as they come. Yeah, what a great career span, three decades with the Denver Broncos. And you mentioned it, uh, a good player, but anybody who's met Bill Thompson knows that he's an even better guy. And uh, you heard that there in his conversation with Jim. So if you enjoy conversations like this, make sure you subscribe to Broncos Country Throwback. You can find this podcast anywhere you download your favorite podcast. That's uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. We'll be back with more episodes coming up next week. Until then, for Jim Sakamano, Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani.